Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Faithful Leaders. I'm really um, excited to have Shamara Fletcher with me today. Hi, Shamara. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. We're gonna. I'm gonna get Shamara to tell you a little bit about her role uh, in a minute, but we're just really pleased to have her here. Um, so, Shamara, I suppose before we kick off, um, you probably ought to explain to listeners. What, what your title is, what your role is, what you're up to uh, as a little bit of context, and then and then we'll get down to our, our grilling questions. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. Yes, so um, I'm from Churches Together in England, and I'm the Principal Officer for Pentecostal Charismatic and Multicultural Relations. Churches Together in England is one of the broadest ecumenical instruments within Europe. We bring together over 52 um, traditions across the church, so I have responsibility for the charismatic and Pentecostal arm of our ecumenical family. That potentially is one of the longest job titles I've ever come across. I, I, I suspect you're not you've, got, you, you, you've not got cards. Have you just got compliment slips <laughs> you have to give out? It is a long title, and I thought, and, should I shorten it? But yeah. then I was like, mm, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to kind of just rock with it. No, and I think for for a, a mild dyslexic like myself, that just the thought of having to spell most of those words would throw me. So, um, anyway, <laughs> so so as uh, as listeners hopefully know, our, our format is generally we, there are two questions we ask, which is which is you know how has your faith shaped you up until now, and then we have a little bit of a talk about how it's affected with COVID. So, so just uh, obviously, uh, as people understand, we. We, I tend to have a little bit of a chat with our guests beforehand. So we've been talking a bit and, and Shamara's got a wonderful journey to, to tell us about. So, yes, tell us a little bit about how's your faith sh- shaped you up until now? Wow. Yeah. Great question. Um, so I, I guess I'll start by saying I had faith from the womb. Um, so both of my parents um, are in senior leadership within um, the Church of God of Prophecy. So my dad's a bishop and my mom is a national women's director for the UK. So, yeah, very much um, a part of church, went to church, grew up in church, breathed church. You get the gist. Um, however, when I was 11, that's when I got baptised and, you know, starting secondary school, you want to make that new new life, new decisions mm. um, and, and came to faith. But really, it was when I was 18 that I had an encounter um, when I went to live in America, in Chicago to study that my faith became my own. Mm-hmm. I had the start realisation that God doesn't have grandchildren you do need to work this out for yourself for it to be sustainable. So I was in a new um, country um, across the Atlantic, couldn't just get home in five minutes. So, and I was still going to church. (laughs) I was still praying. I was like, actually, this is ingrained in me, but I want to do this. Mm. Now that I've got a choice of not doing it and I'm still doing it, I think there's something here. Came back to the UK And yeah, as I was saying before, I I was bombarded with a spiritual climax, which was very messy (laughs) and walked into Birmingham City Centre. And there were so many different um, faiths, all contending for the truth. And and for the first time, I said, wow, multi-faith, multiculturalism is a wonderful thing. But I do think it needs reform how do we how do we coexist together in a non-antagonistic way so I was very interested in that um and yeah fast forward I went back to church got back into the swing of things I was a worship leader um very much involved I was one of those annoying 
pastor's kids that were involved in everything <laughs> from the offering, from, from business meetings, arranging this, arranging that. Um, but yeah, I settled my spirit with worship leading, we'll say that. Uh-huh. Um, but one Sunday, we, we found out the news that one of our neighbours had committed suicide. Right. It was very triggering for me yeah. because it made me think, wow, that there's people within the community who are really in emotional turmoil, suffering. Yes, we hear about the food banks and and churches are doing fantastic things about that. But how how do we as a church, Big C, really engage with our community beyond conversion, beyond getting them to church, but just having relationship that's reciprocal? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that that really troubled me. and also on that Sunday, our evangelist, he was an 80-year-old right. <laughs> um, evangelist. He'd been doing prison ministries, homeless ministry, just on the margins, yeah. and but such a young spirit. And I said, I- I'm going to go with him. And that decision really changed my life. I'm actually writing a chapter in a book, so you- you'll-, you'll be able to see more of that, mm-hmm. that story. Went out onto the streets with him, mm-hmm. and I was, yeah, about... 20 at the time about 20 so I had a lot of zeal I've done training for this um we know how to do evangelism talk to people we've got the tracks all the rest of it um and on day one became very humbled because Uh actually there's homeless Christians yeah um God is already there the Holy Spirit is already doing a work and I'm coming to participate Uh in that and that really shaped my faith Mm-hmm. ministry, leadership, the different things I've been um, able to be involved with. I'm going to participate. The Holy Spirit's gone before. Um, and our job is to discern what he wants us to do in collaboration in this space. Um, so I was doing that for a year, speaking to homeless people. Um, it was very, I, I learned about how to be reciprocal as well, because right. the homeless community, not even just the Christians, the homeless community in general, were teaching me about humanity. Okay. I have never seen so much community and kindness right. than I have in the homeless community. Even if it's the last sandwich, they will split that sandwich in three so mm-hmm. that three people get to eat. Mm. Um, so I said, wow, there's a, there's a lot to learn from this community. However, I don't want to romanticise their suffering. Yeah, There's yeah. a structural issue here. Right. Why are people on the streets and, and that became a question that I couldn't avoid mm-hmm. and you know built built my team from universities different churches across Birmingham we're going out every week but I said we need to go to parliament mm-hmm. or we need to speak to some policy makers because the national isn't translating to yeah. local impact yeah. from what I could see yeah um, and I think God heard that conversation uh-huh. because a year later I was at the center of theology and community I'm doing an internship where half of the week I was working in a political consultancy around parliament and the other half of the week within a church of England church and also in a school setting up a chaplaincy. Mm -hmm. Now this was very formational in terms of my faith because I was actually attending an Anglo-Catholic church. Okay. um, Coming from a Pentecostal. Yeah. Conservative but progressive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a big change, but actually some key similarities, a real emphasis on the Holy Spirit, discernment, um, prayer. So what I found was while I was in a polar opposite context, there was some similarities and 
I, I think I now have to call myself the queen of nuance <laughs> or existing in nuance. That's quite good, isn't it? That could be quite yeah. a good tagline. Yeah, I think I might put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, Twitter handle, queen of nuance. Actually, <laughs> that would be, nuance. I'm not sure Twitter works for nuance, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, that, that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but really embodying and existing in two realities and making it work, which was really difficult. Crisis of faith at times. Right. Um, because I was like, what am I doing here? God, I can't hear you. I love worship music. I, I was doing worship leading and now we've right. just done organ and hymns. Yeah. Um, it was very formational and it taught me to see God beyond the box. Mm. Um, we also started a project called The Open Table which was literally a table <laughs> um, which brought together so many different people from society. We had a millionaire from Canary Wharf to a banker, to a homeless person, to a local Muslim woman, to right. children all around this table. And it was so interesting that this was happening in a time of Brexit where there was stark political divide. Yeah. I saw the power of what food communion and a table can do in bringing people together okay another thing this did for my faith was move me from evangelism to evangelization which was influenced by catholic social teaching so it wasn't so much about what i say or trying to convert people or or the end aim of my conversation being about sharing jesus actually it was about embodying what i believe being able to form relationships with people, even if they would never come to church, because Jesus did that actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that resulted in local Muslim women saying that our church was their church. Okay. Um, yeah. We did a lot of community organizing, you know, so looking at the justice issues um, influenced by community organizing. We had two great priests, you know, phenomenal, um, who, who really spearheaded and led this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, ended up with the church winning a piece of tfl land to build 40 new homes right. so you know the community <laughs> was seeing hang on th- this church cares about us they don't care about just us coming to church or just our soul um but they, they care about us in a holistic way so yeah yeah that that's where my my faith was formed it taught me about ecumenism and now i'm back in the pentecostal and charismatic yeah. space okay yeah. And and in terms of church attendance yourself, are you are you are you doing a bit of both? Or what what are you doing? Where 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 do you belong? I mean, I, you also That's belong everywhere, but you know. <laughs> That's a, and especially as a millennial, we, we want to belong everywhere. Um, <laughs> but yes, so I, I attend both at the moment okay. because my spirituality has now been formed by both yeah, traditions, yeah. Um, and I'm fed by both, and I don't know if this uncomfortability is because in the future, the two will fuse um, yeah. or there'll be a movement where the two will fuse. I don't know. Very um, interesting. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. So, so let me go to my next question. Um, helpful to kind of get a little bit of a timestamp that you were doing the open table thing during Brexit, which I think has been a significant. We've we've had a number of significant shapes, haven't we, mm. um, to British society, whether it be the crash, Brexit, um, even the kind of even some of the rumbles within the Labour Party with with Corbyn, those kind of things. We see some different things, and 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 now obviously um, the election and and. Uh, 
Boris Johnson and, and, and now, of course, the pandemic. Mm. Um, and one of the questions I've been asking people is, OK, it's nice to see your faith within the context of your life. But how, you know, what has your faith meant to you during this time, um, uh, in this time of lockdown and restrictions and well, now to wear a mask or not to wear a mask? That is the yeah. question. <laughs> Um, I, I best just timestamp this. So we're we're late. Um, it's late July. I was going to say it was July, but it, yeah, we're late July. Of July with, we're recording this. So um, on the nineteenth of July, pretty much most restrictions or internal restrictions were lifted uh, in the UK in terms of social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Although there are still some measure of travel restrictions for people wanting to go overseas. So yes, anyway, in, in the context, not specifically the 19th of July context, but in the context of COVID, Shamara, what's uh, how would you say your faith has been an aid, been a hindrance, been, you know, we're, we're open here to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, during during the, the context of the pandemic, I've had to ask some real difficult questions about what I, quote unquote, fundamentally believe. I think the rupture of life, because faith is a part of life, it can rupture your faith, it can ask you, it yeah. can make you question, hang on. Why do I believe that? Or why am I being so fundamental about that? Mm. Um, you know, even the fact that we can't go to church in buildings, we've had to all move on Zoom. Mm. You know, it's, it's a big reorganisation. I think actually it's healthy because sometimes you can become stuck in your ways, stuck in your truth, which can then make you redundant and irrelevant. Um, and it's not about just shape-shifting for the cultural climate of every time because then you'll be unstable. But I do think the church, a Christian, my faith, we've had to question... How do we relate? Yeah. How, how, how do we operate in public life? You know, particularly for me, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. the murder of George Floyd. I had some very serious questions as a black woman about my faith, um, what, what it means that this, this exists, what it means that my friends are pulling away from the faith, right. are pulling away from um, colonial traces that are involved in the faith. Okay. But I think because I'd gone through a faith rupture before the pandemic, going from different traditions, a completely different um, lifestyle, operating in nuance, it's almost prepared me um, for this time. Okay. Um, It prepared me to try and have consistency within the Anglo-Catholic tradition because it's not always based on how you feel. And there's a lot of pragmatism and rationale, as well as the mystic and the, and the divine. Even when you can't feel God, you know God's there. So, mm-hmm. so even in those, those moments of crisis, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know where you are. But you're still God. So I've, I've, got, to, I've got to cling to that even when I don't yeah. feel like it. But, yeah, it's, it's been very <laughs> – it's been a challenging time. Yeah. Um, had a crisis of faith, dropped some some beliefs that I held dear to, right. um, and then have gone deeper in, in some as well. So, okay. yeah, it's been a lot of organising, reorganising, um, and being honest as well. Yeah. I think it's caused for, yeah, for honest faith to, to not try and have it all together all the time, that the goal now isn't perfection, it's authenticity. 
um, because I think p- people can see and respect that more. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm I'm going quiet. Listeners won't necessarily see, but I'm I'm fervently writing notes here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do better. I, I can never read my notes, but I can do better uh, knowing that I've written them. Uh, so I just like that. Goal is not perfection, um, but authentic, authenticity. Um, I'm interested in that. I mean, I, I think there is that sense about that genuine, the real, and that kind of thing. Um, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's really intriguing. Really intriguing. Well, um, I'm aware that we have kept you for a while, and I... Uh, and uh, I need to need to grill you on some other things away from listeners because uh, there's some <laughs> things I need to follow up with Shamara. So we're gonna we're gonna end our podcast there. Thank you for those who are listening, and do make sure you listen to other ones on on our website. Um, it's also on iTunes and and a number of other different platforms as well. So do get hold of it as well. So thank you, Shamara. Thanks for having me. So,